0: From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week we share insights and inspiration from movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter.
1: We started a new thing this year earlier where we bring on actual people clients of ours that are in coaching we do this segment called life story where you get to hear the real life story of someone who's trying to apply our content and these principles to their everyday life and they're working with one of our coaches to help them do that and so you get to see a little bit insight between into their their struggle right you get to hear their story and see what they're going through and what things they're trying that are working and what's not working and uh, all that kind of stuff. So today is the this month's edition of Life Story and I'm excited because we have a young gentleman on the show named Alex. And Alex is really cool because he it shows you what you can do when you get your hands on somebody who is new to Uh, the world of success principles and sales and entrepreneurship because he's fairly young in his career, and um, he met one of our coaches, Steve Reiner, and got into coaching. And so him and his coach, Elise Archer, are on the show today, and I'm going to be interviewing them. And the big thing that came out of this is about abundance versus scarcity and what is the impact of scarcity on our lives, and how does scarcity negatively affect you? And is it possible that lacking in abundance thinking? is having a very detrimental effect on your life in all different areas of your life, not just the financial areas. And so we kind of dig into that and answer some questions. We have some fun. I think you'll enjoy meeting Elise from our team. Uh, She's awesome. And it's just another great episode. So thank you for being here. We'll get started just after this message.
0: This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales, to schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst.
1: Last month, we started doing something new here on the show, which is that once a month we do these life stories where we bring on real people uh, who are trying to build a business or grow their sales. And they' clients of ours that we're working with one- on one in our coaching program. And we want to kind of hear from real people what what are they doing to get results? What are they struggling with? what is working? And um, just kind of get to know from from real people who are you know battling the same things that you're battling every day. And so today, I'm so excited we have, one of our coaches, Elise Archer, and she is dynamite. I love Elise. She's graduated from UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, she has been a top producer in sales her whole profession. Uh, she joined our team last year and is just uh, a, a rock star. And um, she is working with a young gentleman named Alex Pace. And Alex is an advisor at Northwestern mutual and so we brought them on to just sort of share their journey with us so Elise and Alex thanks for being here
2: thanks for having us yeah thank you
1: so um uh, Alex t- tell tell us a little bit first of all how did you so how did you hear about southwestern consulting um how did you get introduced to us and and then kind of why did you decide to get into coaching
3: so Steve Reiner came into our office in December or I believe that at the end of November and really went over what Southwestern does and the the premise and what um, why coaching has helped him and why he does it. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me as in uh, seeing a, a process and seeing consistent results and seeing why those happen. I I really enjoy coaching because I um I'm always looking to improve and always trying to figure out what I'm doing that I could be doing better, maybe not necessarily more efficiently, but um uh, maybe figuring out the things that are holding me back and that's that's really why I like working with Elise.
1: Mhm and so Elise, what are what are some of the things that you guys have uh, started working on like where was Alex when you first started and and what did you guys kind of identify as like the big the big opportunities
2: sure so i one of the things that I love about Alex is that he is um he's such a student of the game, so when he first came into coaching in december, um he's pretty new in this sales career, and you know a young guy super motivated. Um, you know, some of the things that he shared with me on our first call that were, um, you know, things he was looking to grow in um, or, you know, really structure, time management. And also, you know, I think we can all kind of be our own worst enemies and get out of our own way. So we talked a little bit about head trash. You know, what are those mm. things that, um, that you're saying to yourself that may not be true that are holding you back from achieving your goals? So really working through that head trash. And um, one of the big things that that we've worked on throughout coaching is follow through on habits. Um, So one of the things I love about Alex is he's so open-minded and he adopts um, new habits so eagerly. So one of the things we talked about right off the bat is the fact that time management is a a challenge for him because in addition to having this career at Northwestern Mitchell, he's also – a musician and a band that travels and so he's balancing kind of that nightlife you know a lot of what happens for his musical career happens <laughs> at night uh-huh. with also having to get up <laughs> yeah and you, you know he needs to be at the office at seven in the morning certain mornings and that's hard and so traditionally it had been really hard for him to get out of bed on time make it to the office just because we all need a certain amount of sleep right and, and so those two things um were they, were they were creating some dissonance for him. So um, after our second call, we talked about getting the book, The Miracle Morning, and exploring that. And um, I'm a huge fan of Miracle Morning. I've been doing it several years myself. And um, on our third call, Alex came back and said, holy moly, I think I've been doing my Miracle Mornings. They're awesome. I think, Alex, that was you had made it to the office on time or early enough that people were commenting and noticing like, wow, you changed something, right?
3: Uh, Yeah. My, my mentor Mm -hmm. and um, other people can tell when I haven't done it.
1: It's a noticeable, (laughs) it's a a noticeable thing. And Alex, it's, it's funny, Alex, aren't you, so this band that you're in, isn't it like a heavy metal band?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Metal, hardcore, it's angry music.
1: Which I think is just hilarious because you're like this kind of quiet, uh, you know, uh, kind of logical guy and then I can only picture you like getting out of your suit, uh, and going and playing like this heavy, angry music and then and then talking to Elise who is like bright and bubbly and the world is shiny and happy and she's like, Let's talk about positive affirmations today. Um I just think it's great. <laughs> it's so good
2: it's always the quiet one
1: <laughs> so Alex what was some of the head trash that you were experiencing like what what do you think were some of those things either either stories you were telling yourself about the profession of selling or stories you were telling yourself about who you are or your your uh you know or like the, your industry or the market what were some of those kind of negative things that you maybe were dealing with
3: Oh, well, like everything. Um, uh, let's see. So the some of the main things for me are thinking that I'm I'm not good enough mm-hmm. or I don't know enough to be able to tell someone who isn't like a close friend what they need to – what they could be doing, what they need to be doing better in their life when I'm still working on that myself. Um, uh, as well, um, man, there, there's so many different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, time management is a really big thing. Um, and having a really big, uh, abundance versus scarcity mentality. So I, I was definitely, I'm fighting scarcity every single day.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so um, am th- those are the things I'm actively working on.
1: Okay. And the, uh, the, so what, what, what to take me through your morning routine. So we've had, um, so how Hal Elrod is a friend of mine and we've had him on the show here. He's a friend of ours, uh the author of The Miracle Morning, and he was on a podcast, I don't know, it was maybe a year ago or something, but um so walk us through what is the routine that kind of you and Elise have put together kind of based on some of what you're you're getting from um Hal's book and and, and how has that made an impact. Uh
3: the biggest thing has been meditation. I struggle a lot with anxiety when I, I don't necessarily know that I'm maybe having an anxiety attack or I'm, I'm freaking out a lot. I, uh, a lot of my friends tend to tell me that I'm, I'm stressed a lot, but I don't, I, I don't notice it. <laughs> so, um, working on meditation pretty much every day, starting at 10 minutes, I'm slowly working it up to, um, about 20 minutes a day has been the biggest impact and being able to start my day with that has, um, just already had a massive impact on um, being able to maintain calm and being able to really recognize and empathize with people. Cause I can step back and recognize how I'm feeling mm-hmm. uh, that that's been the biggest impact so far. And then as well, being able to actually read like I've had um, think and grow rich on my Kindle for maybe um, six to seven years and I haven't actually read it. And now I am. And then um, I'm also reading pop. Uh, right now so I'm I'm reading multiple things at the same time mm-hmm. and then being able to recognize what I'm grateful for and, and journaling um, taking a second to look back on even all the things that happened in 2015 or even thinking about um, all the things that I love about my girlfriend and instead of just thinking about in the moment being able to realize everything that I do have and how wonderful it is to have all that
1: Mhm. Yeah, there is there is there's something magic about I think starting the day with that with the gratitude and and I know at least for me it is this conscious intentional decision that I have to make every single day that the first thing that I'm going to choose to think about is what I do have and all the things that I'm grateful for and then the, and it's, you know, in a way that's a, that's a prayer. That is a, um, it's a prayer. You know, they say that when you pray, you talk to God, when, when you read the Bible, he talks to you. Uh, so it's similar, whether when you're just reading affirmations or you're, you're, um, j- journaling about the things that you're grateful for, you're, you're kind of putting it out there, but then when you're reading, then you're putting, it's it's like an oil change. You're, you're putting something out and then you're replacing it with good stuff. So I think, that is, that is really, um, that's really so cool. And, um, you know, I commend you, I commend you for doing that. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with that, the morning routine. It's like, if your morning routine is messed up, nothing else is going to be right, um, for, for the, the rest of, of the day. So at least let me ask you this question. So obviously Alex, um, has, has made some changes, um, what do you think it is about him that has enabled him to kind of create some of these transformations?
2: Mm. He wants it. He wants it. And in addition, he's super coachable. Um, those two things have made actually implementing a lot of the changes um, easy. Because anytime we talk about anything, um, you know, we go back and forth. And I think a big part of coachability is being honest. If I offer a suggestion on something, I want to hear your honest opinion back whether or not (laughs) you think it's going to work. And so we have these honest conversations about his life and what he's struggling with and and implementing changes. And he's always um, open to new ideas and new suggestions. And I think the fact that he doesn't wait to implement also helps. Mm. You know, I think a lot of times we get stuck in analysis and, yeah, do I really need to do this or maybe I should research it more first or, you know, let me check out a bunch of different morning routines before I try to create my own and, right. and we lose it when we take too much time. And so he um, he's great about very quickly implementing new ideas that we talk about. And, uh, and also open-minded to change. I think those two things really,
1: really have helped. And so you, I mean, you coach, you're coaching a bunch of people, Elise. And do you, do you think that that's a struggle that, you know, like Alex, you're saying, Alex is very coachable and and he's action oriented and he's taking, he's doing these things right away. But do you, with, uh, not for anybody specifically, but in general, when you're coaching people, do you find that people are Kind of resistant to change, or, or and 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 that being coachable is something a lot of people struggle with. Or what do you what do you think about that?
3: Um, you know,
2: I I like to think that people who get into our coaching program or any coaching program um, have already decided that they want to be coachable. <laughs> so mm-hmm. probably you, the would you would think you would think you would think. I will say it's not always the case. Um, probably our clients are going to be a more coachable segment of the population than if we just took a a cross-section because they've already said, I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to be coached. Um, But that being said, there's always a a spectrum, right? Some people take things and implement them right away. Um, With others, it's a struggle. And so Alex is definitely on the far end of that spectrum of I'm going to take this advice and I'm going to go out and use it and see what happens in my life and and so he's definitely one of the very most coachable people i'm working with which is very helpful
1: mm-hmm.
2: to get things done
1: mm-hmm. yeah i think it's it, it's amazing that one characteristic it's like if you were coachable i think um you know if if somebody ever asked me the question and they said if you you know if you had to boil it down to like what what are the things that have have helped you in your life i would say it's first of all a a, a, a uh, being disciplined, you know, taking the stairs. That I'm a person doing the things I know I should be doing, even when I don't feel like doing them. And then the second would be a very close second, which is an insatiable desire to learn, just constantly learning and growing and and teaching. And and Alex, you were talking about that feeling of, hey, I'm not good enough to teach, or or struggling with feeling good enough. And what is amazing to me is that it doesn't matter how old people are. I mean, we 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 coach we coach people who are 65 years old and they struggle with that. And and I used to have the same thing when we first started the company, right? When we first started Southwestern Consulting, I remember I was 22 years old, 23 years old. AJ was 22, Dustin was 24. I mean, we were all kids and we all struggled with that. That issue of feeling good enough, that issue of am I – do I have something of value that is worth worth saying and, and worth being paid for? And I think lots of salespeople and lots of entrepreneurs struggle with that regardless of how much experience they have or how long they've been in businesses is just kind of feeling good enough. And, and one of the things – one of my favorite quotes is from Mark Twain where he says, each man is my superior in some way. And I love that quote because the idea of that quote is a two parts. So one is it's the idea that I can learn something from everybody, right? We we can all learn something from everybody. And so that is a a really humbling thing to go. It doesn't matter who I'm talking about. It's not – can I learn from this person? It's what can I learn? It's not, it's not, you know, do they have any value to me? It's, it's what value do they bring to my life? And I think that's an important part of conviction for all business owners and salespeople to realize is that you have an inherent value if or nothing other than that. And then the, the the other thing is, you know, so the reverse of that is that you have value um, that you can bring value to them. And of course they bring value to you and that you learn from them. And I, I think Elise would, would probably um, agree with this, that we learn as much from the people that we're coaching as as they, they do from us. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you both about, and you brought this up earlier, Alex, was the abundance versus scarcity mentality. Uh, that's another area that I struggled with in my life for a long time. And uh, I wonder if you could just can you just talk to us about that? Just tell us a little bit about what do you think the difference is between abundance and scarcity? Why do you think you've struggled with it? And um, and then Elise, I'll turn and I'll come back to you to kind of get your thoughts on on this issue specifically, abundance versus scarcity. So, Alex, what when you say you struggled with that? What, what does that mean?
3: I, I think a lot of it has to do with that. When I'm sitting down with people, it's that I guess whenever I reach out to someone, I feel like maybe there aren't as many people out there that I can get in touch and uh, get in front of and have a significant impact on their lives. Mm. And that's that's the first scarcity part. And when in reality, it there's so many people that I I don't even know yet that I'm I will have. A huge impact on at some point, or when I will meet them. Another part of scarcity is, um, you know, letting that stop me from doing anything. Thinking that, of course, there there aren't enough people, so why should I even try today? Why why do I need to call these people on my list because they're not going to lead to anything else? Or this this is it, so why why should I even try? The the difference with abundance was um, noticing boundaries and being able to say that it's okay that I don't work with a certain person. I, I thought it was really interesting yesterday. I had Chinese food and I had um, a fortune cookie that said, don't argue with a fool. And it, it, it I don't know why it stuck out so much at that moment. but uh-huh. so there, it really helped me identify my boundaries That there are certain people that they are not necessarily rejecting me. They are rejecting um, maybe the system that I have. And that's okay because there's going to be way more people who are going to be open to it and open to what I have to say and open to having me be a part of their lives than there are people who are going to say no. And once I start feeling that, you know, when I actually say that, To myself and have more of that positive self-talk i suddenly switch from a very very much scarcity mentality into an abundance where i actually am energetic and i want to go and find more people i want to actually call through my list
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely that that's a big decision where you you when you get to that place of saying I'm not trying to sell every person. I'm not trying to take no's and turn them into yeses. There's something there's something about that mindset of I have to convince everybody. Or I have to I have to teach every single person. And I have to make them believe. I have to make them buy. I have to take a no and turn it into a yes that is daunting and overwhelming and exhausting and terrifying and and shrinking and you know kind of taking the life out of you. But then on the other hand, when you go, no, all I'm doing is, is I'm trying to find more yeses. I'm not t- t- turn talking no's into becoming yeses. I'm just finding more yeses. So then I'm, I'm seeing more people and it, it, it like, it seems to open the doors and it expands, it expands the horizon. And then it's just, there's more people, more energy, more opportunity. And it's, it's life giving versus life taking. So I really love, I love that. I, I love that. That distinction of 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 letting kind of making that realization. And so, what about you, Elise? When you when you think about scarcity and abundance, and as it comes to to Alex specifically, and and just in general, what do you what do you think is the difference between those two ideas? And people struggling with scarcity, and what are some of the things they do versus somebody who has really that abundance mindset and what they have been able to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I think a lot of it ties to, you know, are we focused on ourselves or are we focused on others? Um, you know, you have a great quote, which is, it's hard to be nervous when my heart is on service, Mm. um, which Alex and I have talked about. And I love sharing that with all of my coaching clients, because I think when we get really fixated on ourselves and, um, with before a phone call is all we're thinking about is are they going to reject me? Are they going to turn me down? Are they going to be ticked off that I called them and interrupted their day? Mm. All we're thinking about is ourselves. And, that's, and when you do that, that can lead to that scarcity mentality. Um, I, I think when we focus on just how many people can I serve and how many people can I help and when I make a phone call, at the very least, can I just brighten somebody's day? All mm. of a sudden, we want to call more people. We want to reach out to more people because we're not thinking about ourselves anymore and we're not attached to that outcome of whether or not um, somebody's gonna say yes or no. To us. So it's really making that mental transition into um, you know, the servant-selling philosophy, which is a Southwestern principle, and you, know, you talk about closing as you're really just, when you close someone, you're simply helping them make a decision that's right for them, whether that's a yes or a no. Either way is fine. You just wanna help them make the right decision, and when you do that, um, When you approach sales with that philosophy, I don't think you're as afraid to call people. You're not as afraid to reach out because all you're doing is helping them make a decision and it's no reflection on you. Um, So that's one of the things that we've talked about on our calls is just what's the purpose behind these phone calls Um, and moving from a self-focus to to focusing on others. And it's something I have to work on myself every day when I do my own sales calls as well. I don't know if we're... Yeah, well, it it stinks. I think it's human nature. We're all just fixated on ourselves. <laughs> 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 it's hard to get past that sometimes, but you you know when you make that commitment every day to just um, you know living within your purpose, and and if your purpose is to help other people and to lift up other people, then you can't fail when you make those phone calls, and and you also have more motivation just to, to to reach as many people as possible. So. I try to make that my approach. Alex and I have talked about taking that approach as well on his dial, and I know that what he does, um, he you know, I got an email from him after making some dials with that mentality. It's like this is so much better <laughs> than it has been in the past. So it was actually fun. I had energy, I enjoyed it, and it does make a
1: difference. Uh, it it's so crazy how it is it is our human nature. It does it stinks that we're we're so like, f- and fear in general is so self-centered. Like you say, at least the only time we're scared is when we're thinking about ourselves and do they like us and am I going to say the right thing? And it's it's incredible how freeing that service mind, the service mindedness is. So how do you go about that, Elise? And and what it, you know when you've worked with Alex on this and other clients, you've talked. Uh, you know, h- how do you how do you actually shift from going okay, I'm worried about myself, to now I'm focusing on others. Is it, is it just a matter of kind of like repeating the affirmation over and over and reminding yourself? Or what are some of the kind of practical action things that you think we can do or that you and Alex have done that you've worked on that help you to become more others-focused? Mm. Well, I
2: think the first thing you have to do is you have to define your purpose. Why are you here on this earth, you know, outside of making sales or being a top producer at your company? Why are you here? What are you here to do? Um, and Alex and I, in our first call, we talked about that. And he talked about, you know, he really clearly defined, okay, your purpose is to, to give people the opportunity to get themselves to a better place in life. Um, and that that having that purpose statement that you can come back to. I like to have people print it out and put it next to their phone. Mm. Um, you know, I have I mine on my refrigerator, like just having that reminder of what your purpose is. And then every time before you go in to make those phone calls, you have to think, am, as I make these calls, um, am I living out my purpose? When I reach someone, um and for Alex, if he reaches someone and gives and by talking with them, he gives them the opportunity to get themselves to a better place in life. That doesn't say that they have to say yes to him or not. Right? That says he has to give them that opportunity. And if he has done that, right. then he's made that phone call living within his purpose. And so wow. it's um it's it's making that mental transition to saying, My definition of success. Is making the phone calls I've committed to making today but doing them on purpose and I also I like to try to uplift people um, when I when I make calls so my goal is to leave everybody a little bit better than I found them so whether or not they want to meet with me if I can give maybe a bright spot in their day um, then all of a sudden that that activity becomes fun and it's less fear-based you know another thing I have clients do is to print out the quote it's hard to be nervous um, if my heart is on service, then put that next to their phone. And when you, when you stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about that person on the other end and really envision, what, they, what have they gone through today? You know, like most of us, at a given day, they're probably being hit from all angles with, um, you know, depending on what business they're in, they are probably have fires that are coming up. Um, they may have had an argument with their spouse that day you know, the kids may have made them late to work or there's any number of things that all the people we're calling on every day are running into. Right. And if you can keep that in mind and try to put yourself in their shoes when you call and you just try to be there to lift them up, um, they're gonna appreciate that. And the natural byproduct of that is that people are actually going to be more likely to want to meet with you because you do stand out and you do make a
3: difference.
1: I love that. I mean just redefining success to where it's it's if you lift them up then you're living, you're living that purpose. And I, I love that. I didn't expect you to say that part about reconnecting to your purpose and being clear on that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, like the purpose of Southwestern Consulting is to help people achieve their goals in life. It's not necessarily to make a sale. Um, and so we actually can achieve that purpose without, without making the sale. There's, there's things like, just like you're saying, it's, you're, you're lifting them up. You're, you're being a bright spot in the day. Then you're helping them. And it's, it's crazy, at least because what you said there at the end about, it does make you stand out. It's so true because you can tell, like you can tell when somebody is just self-centered, when they're serving their own self-interest, it's, we have this uncanny ability to recognize it in other people, probably because we know what it's like, because we all do it. <laughs> and so we, we recognize it in, in other people. So I love that. Remind yourself of your purpose and, and just be intentional about serving others and think about what it's like to be, to be them, um, and what they're going through. Um, so Alex, uh, uh, next question, or this just kind of, we're wrapping up here. What, what is next for you? Like, what is, what do you see as what, what's the next goal, the next big roadblock that you need to knock down? What's the next, what is the next big focus that you and, and, you know, Elise will be kind of tackling together as, as you're moving, as you're moving forward into the future and going, okay, so I've gotten to this place. I've made some pretty dramatic life changes, um, some very dramatic things in just a few months. Uh, what's the, what's the next, the next phase look like?
3: I think I'm at that right now, and that is working on my follow-through, and if I can be more consistent, as in actually being more disciplined, that I, I have all the motivation in the world, and that doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's all about actually the, the actual actions, as as you talk about uh, every single week. If, if I can actually be more focused, more disciplined, and more follow-through I will achieve all of my big goals that I want to for the year. One of them is to um, hit the six-figure mark for income. That's like uh, I have the date down. I have the exact amount down that I want. Another one is opening up a rehearsal studio, and I know exactly when I want to do all those things. Now I just have to work on my, my follow-through and becoming more disciplined.
1: Mm-hmm. Is that why you are in coaching?
3: very much so I need I need someone to call me out when I'm um, when I'm acting like a fool or if I'm doing something that's holding me back and I don't know it if with at least has exposed so many of those little things I didn't necessarily knew like I didn't know they were there and without her I wouldn't be able to you know be actively working on the things that are going to make me successful
0: Mhm.
1: Yeah, and some of those things like the scarcity abundance thing, it it's hard to see that in yourself. I remember that that was something that I carried for a long long time and it, and never even knew it was an issue. I never even knew that was something that I had was like this this uh adverse mindset to like attracting success and and wealth and prospects and and lots of people and and just in an, in general and general openness. So, um, well, I love that. And uh, so at least last question for you, um, I mentioned earlier that we learn as much from our clients as, as I think they often learn from us. And, um, of course, just selfishly, I'm, I'm always interested in kind of going, what did you, what did you get? What did you learn? Like, give me, give me, give me the highlights. And I think there's, you don't see a transformation of somebody's life like, alex um without learning something from them when they make a when they i mean in his case it completely changed careers completely got outside of his comfort zone um did a a, doing a brand new skill set not feeling you know not feeling competent in the beginning to, to be able to do it to now being this like learning machine where he's just learning everything and, and, uh, he has this tight schedule and this, this positive self-talk and this intentional choice about abundance and, and a whole new philosophy on selling and this clear life purpose. And, and so what do you think has been the biggest thing that you've learned from watching him go through, go through that transformation? Wow.
2: I want to say so many things. (laughs) I think um, one of the biggest eye-openers for me has been how quickly um, change can be implemented. Uh. Um, Even if it's a habit that that we've struggled with for a long time, um, you know, as we talked about his morning routine. I mean, he just changed it. He read the book. He read The Miracle Morning he just changed it it was amazing i mean you just said this is so compelling to me i'm gonna do it um and for me that was really inspirational um really really uh eye-opening and you know i personally one of the things i'm always working on is my nighttime routine i'm great in the mornings i struggle at night mm. i'm worthless after about eight o'clock but i still <laughs> have so much I want to get done and so He's been a real inspiration to me to say, you know what, if I just really, really focus on creating systems and routines um, around my evening, then I can actually, I can achieve the things that I want to achieve as well. And so it's been really, really inspiring to watch how quickly he's adopted new habits and and also the payoff that they have um, that early on.
1: Hmm, I love that. I, what a what an abundance mentality. What a freeing thing to realize just because you've done something stupid for 20 years, just, some, just because you've done something bad for a really long time, just because you've always done things a certain way. Who you were yesterday has nothing to do with who you have to be today. That change, it, it doesn't have to take a lifetime to change. It can happen immediately and radically and flamboyantly and dramatically it's 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 the decision takes one moment and then you have the discipline to start doing those things and and then maybe some accountability to help you do that and um that inspires me you you two inspire me and to hear the story and the and just to see the beauty of the teamwork of you guys working together um it's, it's uplifting because it's, it is why we started this whole company. It's, it's what we exist to do. And, uh, Alex, I, I think I, I speak for everyone at Southwestern Consulting when I say thank you. Thank you for giving us a chance to, to partner up with you and team up with you. And, and just thank you for the, for the privilege and the opportunity to go on this ride with you because it is, it's, Invigorating and inspiring to see you because you're the one doing the work you're the one making it happen. you are the one making the change, and we we just feel lucky to be going alongside of you.
3: I was gonna say the privilege is all mine
1: <laughs> well, and uh, Elise, thank you so much for being um for making a stand and being a, being a clearing for Alex to, to become something great. i you're amazing girl. And, and you just, you bring life everywhere you go. And, um, so thank you for what you're doing.
2: Thank you guys. Thanks for this opportunity. Thank you, Alex, for the opportunity to work with you. Um, you guys are such inspirations to me, so I can't thank you enough.
1: Lots of thank yous, lots of abundance. Thank yous in the morning. Thank yous in the nights. Thank yous all the way around. So we love you. And uh, Alex and Lise, we wish you the best. Thank you so much. I just love that. I love hearing the real life stories of the real transformation that is taking place and happening in people's lives. And you see that this stuff becomes real, right? The stuff that we talk about on the show and we bring in all these different experts and authors and, you know, so-and-so um, people and and actually hear examples of people trying to apply it to their life and doing it successfully is, I, I think it's inspiring. It's it's one of my new favorite things. So hopefully, hopefully you do too. And one of the things that Alex said after that he didn't say during the interview, which I thought was interesting, is, you know, he's a musician and he said one of the biggest changes in his life is that he listens to podcasts all day during the day when he's driving around, and a huge transformation. And he just said that's just been, just been massive to listen to sort of this positive energy uh, all day long when he's out there driving around uh, in between appointments and stuff like that. So I I thought that was was really was really special to to hear. And uh, obviously he listens to this show and and others. And I think it's I think it's great. I the biggest thing when I was going back and, and and listening to that interview and thinking about it is is the whole concept of abundance versus scarcity I think that is it is such a powerful concept and we just we don't talk about it enough there's there's not enough enough training on it and I think people don't even understand the difference between the two and and what impact that it can really it can really have but it, it changes everything um, an abundance mindset gives you this peace of mind um, it, it it makes you feel like you're safe. Um, it helps you trust. It helps you be open to possibilities. It helps you do new things. Whereas a a scarcity mindset traps and it destroys and it makes you, you, you feel like confined and, and it's, It's it's a dangerous thing. And so I just wanted to give you some of my favorite highlights of the difference between abundance and scarcity. Because abundance is thinking about how you can create more for everyone. Scarcity is thinking that you have to take from everyone. Abundance is being open to create a path where there is none. Scarcity is only seeing what is already there. Going back to that, that what's realistic because I can see it. Abundance is an enthusiasm for sharing. There's no limit because you can share. You don't lose anything by giving it away to others. Scarcity is a fear of giving away too much. And Abundance is this general mindset that, that things will work themselves out over time, that things will sort themselves out fairly, and that things are going to work generally for good. But scarcity keeps track of fairness to the second. It's like, it must be paid back right now. It must be fair right now. This must be equal right now. And it's it's, it's, a, it's an incredible source of stress. Abundance isn't afraid of uncertain terms. Scarcity requires excruciating detail. Abundance is trusting that you will always eventually get paid for how hard you work. Scarcity only performs what is going to be paid for right now. Abundance is creating a bigger pie, while scarcity is fighting for a bigger slice of the pie. Abundance, this came up in the interview, abundance allows for a focus on others Scarcity restricts to a focus on self. Abundance knows that things come and go. Scarcity tries to hold on forever. Abundance is the freedom to express concern for other people. Scarcity feels like expressing concern for others is unaffordable and a distraction to oneself. Abundance lets the results speak for themselves. Scarcity makes a case for what is owed. Abundance is having confidence in your own skill sets. Scarcity is having confidence in only what you negotiate for. Abundance becomes an, a world of endless possibilities. Scarcity becomes a world of shrinking walls. Abundance is an open palm. Scarcity is a closed fist. Abundance gives credit. Scarcity takes credit. Abundance is grateful. Scarcity is entitled. Abundance invites. Scarcity repels. Abundance grows. And scarcity shrinks. This abundance mentality has more to do with all the various aspects and components of our lives than we actually realize. And it's a choice. It's not something that happens naturally. It's something that we have to choose. We have to choose to believe that it's all going to work out. We have to choose that there is enough in the world. We have to choose that helping other people doesn't take anything away from myself. So this week, I hope that you go out and you choose to love, you choose to serve, And you choose to be abundant because there's more than enough to go around in the world. Have a great week.
0: If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.